longer like the way you fight. I love the way you fight. Now you found the secret code I use to wash away my lonely blues. Well, so I can't deny a lie. It's you're the only one to make me fly. You know what? You are a sex bomb, sex bomb. Yeah. You're a sex bomb. You can give it to me when I need to come along. Give me sex bomb, sex bomb. You're my sex bomb. And baby, you can turn me on. Baby, you can turn me on. You know what you're doing to me, don't you? I don't get me wrong, ain't gonna do you no wrong. No. This bomb's for loving me. Shoot it far. I'm your main target. Come and help me ignite. Love struggle holding you tight. Hold me tight, y'all. Make me explode. Although you know the route to go to sex me slow. And yes, I must react to trains of those who say that you are not all that. Sex bomb, sex bomb. This is Trice Talk Wacky Wednesday Live for April the 21st, and I'm Donald Wayne. <laughs> I'm Dennis Lee. <laughs> well, well, it's uh, did he say sex bomb? He did. Uh, he did. Oh, well, you know I who mean, that is? Getting hot and bothered over here. Um, yeah. no, who is that? That's uh, Tom Jones. Ross? Oh, Tom <laughs> Jones. I mean, hey, just duck. Hey, hey no just sleep. duck. Moxie it's, and no sleep at all. No sleep till is that what that says? Till Brooklyn and no Moxie. Till Brooklyn. No, no sleep till. Hey, hey. welcome to Trice Talk Wacky Wednesday. Whoa. Probably you and I are the only ones that know who Tom Jones is, but <laughs> well, you know he he made uh, he made it into pop culture and he had some appearances, but not not in a while. Is he even still alive? Oh, yeah, he's still alive. Oh, okay. I think he well, still good. performs in Vegas. You oh, know? Well, well, good. I'm glad. I'm, I mean, he's probably 80-something years old, but you okay. know, he's had five or six facelifts. Yeah, well, nothing wrong with that. I mean, if you don't I lift can, it, you're going to drop it. So. If you got the money. Uh, yeah. yeah. That was actually, I think it was on one of those, um, uh, oh, golly. I can't think of the the Vegas the movie. Sharks episodes. Yeah, the Vegas movies. You know. Oh um, yeah. Um, uh, the three or four of them. Yeah, three men and a baby. Um, what? No, <laughs> three three men and a shark. Uh, uh, no, um, uh, ten and a half men or something. Oh, there you go. Thanks, Jess. Ocean's Eleven. Ocean's Eleven. Was it Ocean's, Ocean's 11, 11 12, it, 13, uh, and 14? Is it when they went out to and had the party out in Vegas? Then the dude lost his tooth. What was that called? Oh, that uh, the uh, uh, wasn't the bachelor party. Um, no, I woke up with a tiger and a chicken. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's we're, a bad day right there. We're, we're not doing very well. Uh, hangover. Movie Thank you. No sleep. Thank oh, you. thanks. Thanks. No sleep. Hangover. Yeah. Hangover. Yeah. Hangover one and two. I think they got hung over again. <laughs> yeah. Well, they had three of those actually. Oh, was there three? Yeah. They couldn't stop drinking. So. Well, I, I can tell you from experience, uh, now I've had more than one hangover, but you know, I, I was very careful after the first one. Right. It's it's not a pleasant experience. No, it's not. 
Uh, especially hey, when, when you spend all night at a party in somebody's bathroom. Jazz, uh, jazz. And it's the only one they have. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, I... I well, I won't. I won't talk. About Let me it. just step in the shower and <laughs> go ahead. Uh, um, uh, anyway, I, I any- just was looking for something lively, and I thought Tom Jones. Was, well, it was very lively. I appreciate that. It kind of make you want to get up and do a Vegas kind of thing. Well, didn't I didn't it? know he was getting. You know, had songs that got so sexual. So um, that was different. After what's new, different. Pussycat, and you didn't think he had any <laughs> songs that were. Oh, that's nothing. I mean, you know, that's just a drop in the bucket. Speaking of sexual, it was nipply today, wasn't it, Donald Wayne? Um, It was was just outright cool today. Yeah, it 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 kind of raised a hair or two, didn't it? Uh, I mean, really. Personally, Uh, I'm I'm liking it because, again, I know what's coming. And well, uh, you know, I don't remember it ever blowing that hard. Uh, this time of the year, so well, uh, and so cold as well. So, I um, actually we planted nice. some flowers a few days ago, and so oh, I no. I had to spend the uh, late late evening out there covering everything up, all the little fragile petals. Oh, you know? oh the little snowflake petal. Well, you know, yeah, they said that we could actually have a freeze tonight, so. Yeah, yeah, they said thing you did that. 33 possibly and you know it gets well, little we're a little bit north of the city so sometimes we get a little colder than they do but hey for Jespy, jazz jazz Adri, hey Sheila Divya, bunga, 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 bunga. Oh, Yeah, that was actually a pretty good attempt to do that one I think. Did you like that? I thought you would. I mean <laughs> either that or you were having a fit. I wasn't sure. Both. Uh, Speaking of a fit, mm. uh, you know who Michael Richards is? Uh, I feel like I do, but I don't 100%. Hey, Prab have. Hey, Pat and, uh, hey Eric. Hey, Eric. Um, Michael Richards. Uh, oh, yeah. Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Kramer. Well, he, he got banned years ago, didn't he? Well, He's he got in trouble in something? a comedy club for yeah. some... Uh, I think it was racial slurs, yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Slurs. But that was, golly, 10, 15 years ago, I believe. Yeah. Um, but he's kind of back in the news on, on TMZ mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, on online. I, I don't watch the show anymore. I, it's not convenient. But, uh, yeah, it seems that he and his wife, um, they're being sued for cutting down a couple of 30-year-old trees that belong to their neighbor. <laughs> oh, really? So, yeah. So a story from TMZ reports that Ma- uh, Maxine Adams is suing Michael and his wife, Beth Skip. Beth Skip. I wonder if that's. No, I don't know who that is. Anyway, claiming they maliciously cut down two mature Brazilian pepper trees. I have oh, no man. idea what that is. And some underbrush. So um, they uh, it's obviously a property that's on the ocean front. Yeah, um, they're right next door to each other. Adam says the couple cut down two trees, knowing full well that they didn't have her permission to do so. Um, and she says mm-hmm. it significantly cuts down the value of of her home. So yeah, I'm majestic. Um, um, wow, you know, jeez. Uh, 
So, yeah. uh, but you know, they're suing, uh, the lady is suing them for $62,000 is what she says it's going to cost to replace the two trees. And she can't get anything, uh, you know, near the size of what they were. Well, so $62,000 for a couple of trees. I can tell you what I'm not doing. I'm not spending $62,000 on a couple of trees. Well, that's not it. I mean, <laughs> she's also adding $200,000 for the loss of aesthetic value to her property. So, you know, it's $262,000. Aste- Where is this again? For a couple of trees in a little bush. Um, <laughs> it's on uh, well on the Pacific Coast. It doesn't say what town it's in. I mean, I can understand. <laughs> You know, one, but the trees, um, you know, that seems a little high price. Yeah. Um, goodness gracious. So yeah, that's, 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 that's crazy. Um, I, I don't know what he's been doing work wise since he left Seinfeld, but, um, I hope well, he has I mean, the money. Apparently he doesn't like trees. I mean, well, I think they were not part of the new green deal. They um, were saying that it was uh, blocking their view of the ocean. Well, then what? what's the deal with the little bush? Well, I guess that, you know, I mean, it was, it was just in the way. It was overgrown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it needed to be needed trimmed. To be Kramerscape, Kramerscaped. Yeah. Um, did it not? So. Interesting. Uh, well, we've been, hopefully now they can be eat uh, cake by the ocean. So we, um, we've been uh, been binge watching Seinfeld, and uh, the first couple of seasons, you re- didn't realize how how slow it was getting started. But once they got their rhythm, I mean, uh, Kramer uh, when Kramer came on because he wasn't on there originally in the beginning, right? Uh, and I love it when uh, George's <laughs> parents are on there and. Uh, it's, now, it's, wasn't Newman on there from the very beginning? No, Newman came in. Never, Actually, they talked about Newman uh, on a couple of episodes. Uh, they would yell out the window to him and stuff like that, but he didn't show up. I don't know which episode it was. but um, How yeah. that propelled his career, huh? Oh, yeah. He, he got a lot of attention. Uh, Hello, yeah, Jerry. <laughs> Hello, Newman. Uh, Newman. Hey, Chewbacca. Welcome, Isabella. Chewbacca. Chewbacca. Um, we need to. We need that sound. Oh. Uh, well, that's a. That's a. I think that's, that may be a drunk Chewbacca. That's a stress <laughs> signal, if you ask me. Hey, is that the real Bumblebee tuna? tuna? Welcome, Bumblebee. Um, we, we, oh, I'm sorry. I'm. What is this new thing with? I'm sorry, Eric. Hey, what Eric. is this new little strip across the thing here? It says it's a green strip. Says invite Eric. Huh. That's <laughs> what he was talking about yesterday. Well, I was going to do that uh, tonight, but I, I got uh, delayed oh, I and I didn't have time. I, I've got three emails for you, Dennis Lee, and then I've got, I didn't have Eric's in there, so I thought, I'll do it for tomorrow night. I'll go ahead and put y'all in the system. So, okay. Yeah, um, I got my stuff to you a little, a little late. So, yeah, well, I, yeah, I looked okay. at... Uh, Did you look at my stuff? Uh, well, you didn't lay it out there in time. Uh, well, you know, you know after mean, 10 uh, minutes till I know, I know. I'm, I'm doing all the necessities. So, 
But, okay. Um, well, it'll be a surprise. I, um, well, I like surprises, but that'll um, I'll, I'll get that hooked up for tomorrow night's episode. So, how you doing, Eric? This evening, gentlemen. Whoa, whoa! Uh-oh. Something's happened to Eric. Eric, are you are you? Do you feel threatened at the moment? Are you safe? Uh, I'm, um, I'm fine. Sound, somebody's got you in a potato sack, sir. Are you on? Or, yeah. Or you're working a bad drive-through? I'm not sure what it's. Uh, uh, I was just got to fix my microphone. Oh, there you oh. are. Thank you, Eric. <laughs> better. Yeah, We're getting worried about you <laughs> through a drive-through. Um, yeah, <laughs> at a Dairy oh, Queen. Yeah. yeah, Dairy Queen. Uh, they love us down there. Yeah. Um, we'll have ten blizzards. Yes, indeed. And some money. Almost got a blizzard yesterday, and resisted the urge. Yeah, hey BP. Yeah. Um, now you got Freddy's. It's got that. Uh, what do they call it? That's Concrete. Custard. Oh what no, is that's uh, who's that? Yeah, that's con- custard. Who does the concretes? It's Freddy's, um, I believe. Oh, okay. Hey Chuck. Um, BP rolling in. It's. Yeah. I, I've not had that. I've I've had their their I, custard up there. It's pretty good. I mean, once you get a hold of Freddy's, you won't go back to anybody else. That's some good stuff. Um, uh, well, you know, we have custard. one right here by the house. Is that the well, one you go to? Uh, yes, actually. And you then pa- uh, you pass by me all the time. I pass by you to get ice cream, <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't seen you in a year. I <laughs> know, uh, right? Well, that's one. Just let me know next time you're going up that way, and I'll stand on the corner I, and. Well, there and, you go. I, I and can raise a pant leg. Throw it out into the driveway for you. <laughs> I'm only one shot away, Donald Wayne, and then I'll be back up to visitations. Yeah. Um, uh, the, yeah, Carvels, Carvels, Carvels. What's that? James Carvel? Burger? No, Burger Place. Anyways, it's uh, Culver's. Thank you, Bumblebee. Oh, Culver's. Yeah, they Culver's. Have the, they have they have the delicious. Um, um, they have tasty burgers. Well, they have tasty butter burgers, and they have the same ice cream that um, you know Freddy's. Freddy's has. Yes, thank yep. you. They custard. Thank you. Custard. <laughs> Goodness gracious. You have a you have a Freddy's there in, in uh Colorado, mm. Jess? Colorado. Colorado. It's um Oh, oh she all right. both of them. Oh, both wow. of them. Look at Good. That. I bet they're burning up up there. You're just one Chick-fil-A away from just having it nailed. You got Chick-fil-A there too, Jess Stuck? <laughs> Oh, got a Culver's in Arizona. All right. Of course. I mean, I think I would think fast food places would be banging in Colorado. <laughs> well, you could uh, you could not. I'm, help I'm but sure there's a overwhelming demand. <laughs> you know, you know, a great uh, name in Colorado for a fast food place would be Munchies. Oh, I like it. I like uh, it. All right, if anybody uses it, we've recorded it right Munch, here on Munchies Tristop, One so. Stop. <laughs> we don't want much. We just want 5%. That's all. Um, yeah, you know, just a finder's fee would work. Right, right, right. Um, uh, all right, well, so how do we get on food again? Again? I don't know. I think you brought it up about going to Culver's. Oh, 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 
or or uh, Freddie. So I don't know why. Yeah. Maybe because I said Dairy Queen. I probably said oh, Dairy good, Queen first. Good times. That sounds yeah. like a good time. And we used to have fun running up to Dairy Queen and harassing them. Um. Hey, Bowie. Right. What? What'd you call me? <laughs> what? <laughs> Go right ahead, say? Wayne. Um. <laughs> All right. The first thing going to talk about tonight, this is, I usually do the tech stuff, but I saw this thing today and I thought, man, this, this looks interesting. Uh, Amazon rolls out a new pay by palm tech. Have you seen that Dennis Lee or Eric pay by pay by palm pay by palm. Have you either one of y'all seen that? Um, no, no. Like palm leaves or what, buy your it, palm. What is this? Wait a minute. What happened? <laughs> what is Podbeam doing to me? Have we been infiltrated? Uh, why is Eric muted? Dun dun dun. Eric, um, I'm, I'm voluntarily oh, he muted. muted. Oh, he I'm, muted I'm, himself. I've yeah. never seen that symbol before. What what is this? Are they changing stuff and didn't what tell is- me about it? There's a little uh, symbol in, in front of his face that has a, a speaker and a line through it. I've never oh, seen my. that. Maybe I clean my glasses tonight. Oh, what was I saying? Amazon rolls out a pay by palm tech at Whole Foods. And this is Uh from a USA article by (laughs) Brett. (laughs) What? Indeed, BP. Um, (laughs) (laughs) See, how did I know that was coming? This is why I I can't read these things because then I get distracted and I have no idea. Where am I? So do they get a chip in their palm, Donald Wayne? Okay. All right. Okay. It, we we shall move into that. that in just a second. But anyway, oh, okay. this is from a USA article by Brett Molina. Um, mm-hmm. So Whole Foods shoppers in Seattle, will, why they're doing it in Seattle, <laughs> will soon have a new way to pay for groceries. They're what? Okay. Amazon announced Wednesday plans to expand Amazon One its contactless payment service to a Whole Foods store in Seattle and will add the feature to seven more stores there in the coming months. Consumers can sign up for the service at participating stores. Consumers insert their credit card, then hold their palm over the one device to link it to their card. They can opt to scan one or both palms, Amazon says. So customers can also link their Amazon One information to their main Amazon account to get prime discounts at Whole Foods. Um, says that oh, at, oh, at Whole Foods Market, we're always looking for new and innovative ways to improve the shopping experience for our customers. Um, it says the technology is currently available in Seattle area stores, also such as Amazon Go, Amazon Go Grocery, Amazon Books and Amazon Four Star and Amazon Pop Up. What the heck is an Amazon Pop Up? Um, sounds dirty to me. I know. Um, sounds like maybe something that uh, uh, Tom Jones would be interested in. I don't know. But yeah, you you just you scan your palm and then it has it in in the system and then you just go wherever they have one of those palm readers and slap your hand down there and it charges your account. Well, that's that's scary to me because somebody could knock you out, carry you up, put your arm over one of those devices 
Of course, I guess the cashier <clears throat> might be a little suspicious. If <laughs> oh yeah, what if they just cut your hand off and just you know? Oh, there what if you it's go. a guy who lost or, or a girl that lost their hand, and they take your hand and they put it on their arm, and they're palming their way through your whole financial, you know, through your whole fortune there. Well, it wouldn't take um, them long for me, but <laughs> <laughs> they Maybe. will palm, palm you right into poverty. How about that? It'd be a um, short little excursion. I, uh, I just thought that well, was fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> that would give it away probably in the smell too just stuck yeah um <clears throat> well <laughs> um i uh i i ran and actually i was going to use this yesterday but i'm glad i held it over to today and um so there's a story in newsweek by annabelle doliner that an ambulance takes an elderly patient to the wrong house and puts her in a stranger's bed <laughs> was um, the stranger can, in it if you can imagine that <laughs> happening. Well, um, so Isabel Mahoney's family was worried sick when the ambulance bringing her home from the hospital never arrived. They soon discovered that a horrific mix-up led to a terrified Mahoney being taken to the wrong home where she was tucked into, into the bed of a stranger. According to the <laughs> South, <laughs> South Wales Argus Mahoney, 89 was first admitted to Neville Hall Hospital in December with what appeared to be a case of COVID-19. After testing positive, she was transferred to the county hospital in Pontypool, where she stayed for 10 weeks. Um, eventually, her son, Brian Mahoney, was told his mother would be discharged on March 12th at 2 a.m. Recounting that day, he said, my wife went up to pick her uh, my wife went up to her home to wait for the ambulance. This was after he received a 1 p.m. call saying that they were already en route to the house. Uh, but the ambulance never came. We waited a bit and then, ra uh, then rang the ward and they said there had been an issue. He said, I thought maybe mom had had, had a heart attack or something. According to ITV, Mahoney recently survived a stroke in addition to her case of COVID-19. Naturally, we were concerned something bad had happened to her, her son said. And then about an hour later, he received a call from the ambulance service and was told she was taken to a house in Newport, eight miles away. <laughs> they apologized and told me that they were on their way to pick her back up. <laughs> Mahoney's son told ITV, he said, I just went, what do you mean? Please don't tell me you left her there. At which point my sister burst into tears. We were all worried sick. Um, finally, Mahoney was retrieved at her family's insistence and went back to the hospital for a checkup before going home. Um, in retrospect, Mahoney's son believes his mother was mistaken for another patient who suffers from dementia. <clears throat> now, as far as a mix-up that happened, he explained that Mahoney is a very quiet woman who was frightened and confused by the situation. And since Mahoney was mistaken for a patient with dementia, he adds that any attempt to point out it wasn't her house was possibly put down to her being a bit muddled. So as far as I can tell, he said, mom was taken to this other lady's house by mistake and somehow... Whoever answered the door told the ambulance staff to take her into the bedroom and make her comfortable. 
he said i'm like oh my god when i'm reading this story i'm like what what were what were the intentions they could obviously see this was not the person that was supposed to be so the assistant director of operations for the wealth ambulance service uh, nhs trust has since released a statement regarding the incident noting that they are working closely with colleagues at Anurin Beaven University Health Board to fully understand the chain of events and establish exactly what happened. We have extended a sincere apology to both families concerned for the distress caused and will continue to liaise directly with those families as investigations progress, he added. Um, my goodness. So I, it, it sounds like it, doesn't it? No sleep. Um, and that, that was my whole thing and the whole, all the story was crazy. But then, then the person that answered the door and said, well, go on, take her to the back and make her comfortable. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, what, what? Maybe they were lonely. <laughs> like, you know, well, if we couldn't get my mom, I guess we're going to take her. Just put her on there. Yeah. <laughs> I got a check I need to collect. Uh, so you know what it reminds do. me of that that oh, European vacation movie where right. they, oh with the German people they showed up yeah. at that family and they yeah. had no idea who they, they were had, at the very end. She's like, I got no freaking clue. <laughs> I don't know who they are. Hey, Sharon Gamley, Big Life, <laughs> Mister Clean. Oh no, is that Robert or not? Uh, so while uh, while we're talking about that, do you want to give the uh, call-in policy for us, Dennis so Lee? <laughs> the call-in policy at Tristalk is you must chat down in the chat room and let us get to know you. And if we see that you're okay and not a risk to the rest of the people in the chat, we'll let you bobble on in the phone line. <laughs> Until then, let's get to know you. Um, yeah, that's our chat policy and phone-in policy there so we got to get to know you first before we let you call in because there's always attempts uh to hack trice talk and um that is our only line of defense we've had so. some surprises in the past oh i mean when you <laughs> click somebody in and the first thing that comes out of their mouth is f this and f that <laughs> um it makes for it makes for good you know it makes and for the inebriated show, but... callers that we get from time yeah. to time yeah um, um, you know, when you go to the bathroom, you should probably mute yourself. I'm just oh, yeah. oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah, thanks for reminding me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and you know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, What's I thought I, I turned it off. No, you yeah, didn't. Sorry about that. No, MF, you didn't. You, <laughs> you were proud oh, every moment. Um, proud. Standing so tall. <laughs> go, go right ahead donald wayne I, uh, I i pass the baton to you yeah i guess i'll jump away from that real quick uh Woo. there's a uh have you heard about the uh, florida woman arrested for biting <laughs> her uber driver for biting Did he for biting her hair or for something bi <laughs> oh biting <laughs> biting her uber driver like, why would they arrest her you know, um, <laughs> no i did not hey um, sounds like what oh okay uh <laughs> i'm confused uh from an article in the daily news by jamie gans uh 
a Florida woman was arrested over the weekend for drunkenly biting, not just biting, but drunkenly biting and trying to choke Drunk. an Uber driver. Now, who would oh my who would try to choke the person who's driving you around? Uh, I guess maybe uh, drunk. Uh, but, uh, sounds like they were hungry. Michelle Stillwell, and that scared me because I think there's some Stillwells somewhere back in Texas that I know. But oh no, uh, <laughs> Michelle Stillwell was, was uh, 55 and was unprovoked when she attempted to strangle the unnamed driver. Uh, a local news agency reported on Tuesday. Stillwell, who was arrested Saturday night shortly after 9 p.m has been charged with aggravated battery for the assault in St. Petersburg, uh, Florida, according to a Pinellas County arrest affidavit attained by the smoking gun, uh, no less. Uh, Stillwell did, did intentionally or knowingly touch or strike the victim against the will of the victim. Uh, I would hope it would be thereby causing great bodily harm, permanent disability, or permanent disfigurement to the victim when she strangled, bit, and scratched the victim, according to the affidavit. So she was pretty busy while he was trying to drive. The victim was driving when Stillwell reached forward and proceeded to choke him from behind, the document states. The man tried to pull over only for Stillwell to crawl into the front seat of the car with him and bite the victim deeply on the neck, drawing blood. She might have been a vampire, according to the affidavit. After deeply scratching the driver, Stillwell allegedly continued to bite, strangle, and claw the victim who was unable to defend himself as he was being attacked from behind. Well, now, if she crawled in the seat beside him, how would she be behind? But well, that's why you gotta. That's why you gotta have those those guards between the seats. Well, you know, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that anyway. Not not in today's environment. But it it says that finally some bystanders. So he must have pulled over close enough to a curb or something. Some bystanders help pull him out of the car uh, to get him away from her. Of course, it doesn't show any any cause for her actions other than being intoxicated. So Stillwell was charged with tampering with a witness. So she must have threatened one of the people that that pulled the poor guy out of the car and um, she was released at two thirty AM. Yeah. You see her picture. She really doesn't look like a violent woman in, uh, on her mugshot, but you never can tell. Sometimes the quiet ones are the ones you have to worry about. That's right. Donald Wayne. Don't be fooled. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> she was uh, released at two uh, thirty in the morning on Sunday uh, with a bond of $15,000. Jeez. So there goes my uh, thought about ever doing any Uber work to, <laughs> for a little extra money. Yeah, I mean, goodness gracious. Uh, you know, I guess I would only Uber during the day. Um, no vampires. So, <laughs> Can you imagine somebody trying uh, to bite you to draw blood? I mean, you're going to have to have shots. Well, you're going to have to have tests. Well, seeing as you're uh, talking about biting, um, there's a story out of the Daily News by Brandon Sapinza um, that barbecue tong-wielding man hospitalized after picking up a rattlesnake. Like, that sounded like a good idea. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> a rattlesnake in Southern California took the phrase kiss the cook a little too seriously, the article says. A man is recovering at a California hospital after trying to pick up the rattlesnake with barbecue tongs before being bitten on the hand by the venomous viper. The incident near the man's home on Saturday evening in Corona, uh, according to a statement from Riverside County Animal Services, the victim was seeking to remove the snake to protect the children in the area. When the first responders converged on the house following the 911 call, Officer Mike McGee from Animal Services <laughs> determined it would not be safe to release the snake near the community and euthanize the snake after it was safely caught by McGee. Um, typically, officials try and release rattlesnakes within one mile of where they are caught. But um, I don't know about that. Head is coming off. Uh, rattlesnake bites typically don't lead to death, but there have been rare cases where fatalities have been reported, according to the statement. More rattlesnake sightings have been reported in part due to the rise in area temperatures over the last number of weeks. McGee said that he has responded to at least four calls in the past couple of weeks or so and safely removed two rattlesnakes. So I would think the moral of the story is don't get the tongs, get the hoe. Um, <laughs> because I don't, there's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing <laughs> I okay. find good about a snake and you have to use a hoe on them. Um, you know, it doesn't matter what hoe you use, just make sure you use it and you use it swiftly. So, uh, that's, uh, yeah. that's the moral that story. Okay. Oh, um, I don't even know what I can do with that. Oh. About the snake. Oh. <laughs> yeah, well. Oh, there. Um, uh. I you know, I mean a lot of people you know I've I've heard of people dying from rattlesnake bites so you know if you don't suck the poison out so well you know I guess, um, I guess it depends sometimes they just sometimes they just can't suck it fast enough Donald Wayne well, they call uh, it anaf anaphylactic <laughs> shock or, yeah uh, you know or you know just uh, I don't think I should take that any further. <laughs> <laughs> Rattlesnakes, <laughs> copperheads. Uh, yes. Anacondas. Uh, well, so, so what? Do, what do you mean, Jessica? So, if you swallow the poison, then that's about you know. I guess that would be bad. Oh, that's that's um, what you're supposed to do. I mean, that, that's in the what, Boy Scout manual. <laughs> uh, so go ahead and suck the poison out. No, right. Well, if somebody gets, there? you know. Okay. Um. um I just, and the hot tongs, that is. Oh, the Boy Scouts were wrong, <laughs> Jess Duck says. Well, fortunately, Jeez. I never knew of anybody who had to do it, but. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess you might have to use the hoe on the people, the person that got, you know, they got bit too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everybody the only, only the hoe. The only thing I've been, ever been close to being bitten suck. by was a, a copperhead. So <laughs> suck the vaccine right out. Wouldn't that be horrible? You just finished your second round of the vaccines and you get bit by a snake, and somebody sucks out half of the 
vaccine. So now you're only half inoculated. Um, so I guess that would constitute you having to get a booster on that. Well, since it's only 60% effective, then that really cuts your chances. <laughs> Jeez. Your protection. Yeah. And no, no telling what kind of side effects you'd have for sucking the vaccine out of somebody else. Um, mm. We ought to have to, maybe we should call Dr. Fauci on that one. And that, pose that question. Yeah. Yeah. What the <laughs> riddle me this. Riddle me this, Fauci. Uh, what well, did I get bit by a snake? I think um, actually the uh the uh, glow on Fauci's crown is beginning to fade. So he might be looking well, for a job. Same thing for forty or fifty years, so Hey, Dolly Minchie, Oli, Loli, Podbean. Hello. Well, yeah, that's all I have on that one. That story. I, I thought I was going to say something about cooking a steak, but um, cooking a steak. Yeah. Ollie, uh, yeah. Hmm. Well, it said barbecue tongs. So, right. Well, shovels work real good, too. Um, yeah, I like a hoe. <laughs> so, Dennis Lee. <laughs> So you have a this day in history for us. On well, I'm, fine. I'm glad you glad you asked, Donald Byrne. There is a day in history, and it happens to be today. And um, this is your day in musical history, Donald Wayne. I know you love that segment. Oh my so gosh! Is this we've the- made a triumphant return of this day in music history just for you? Okay, um, Eric, you still there? <laughs> <laughs> I may need help on this, Eric. <laughs> I'm still so, here. Let's go ahead oh, and get gosh. to them. There's only six of them. Let's see if uh, oh, okay. Wayne can well, get, get through the years here. I always um, shoot for 50%. Okay. Well, we don't hold it against you too hard. Somebody, anybody, I probably should know that, but uh, I don't. Well, that kind of goes with the song you were playing. Where there, did you way. find that? <laughs> well, that's none other than Marvin Rainwater. Uh, so this day in history in 1958, U.S. country music singer Marvin Rainwater was number one on the U.K. singles chart with Whole Lot of Woman. Rainwater was a full-blooded Cherokee Indian known for wearing Native American-themed outfits on stage. Hmm. And I had never heard him before. I, I worked with a Rainwater one time, but it wasn't Marvin. Uh, well, I... I probably should leave that alone. That um, was probably his only song, I would imagine. Uh, he, had, he had a couple, but uh, they liked him over in the UK more than they did the US. Let's see if you get this next one here. You knew I wasn't going to get that. The Hollies. Isn't it the Hollies? Oh, no, no, no. no not the Hollies. Kind of starts out like the Hollies. It does. Um, 
Dirty that's, sweet. Yeah, um, that's not nineteen. Gong, very good. That's that's by T Rex. Oh, okay. Uh, this day in history. Yeah, this day in history, uh, nineteen seventy. Tyrannosaurus Rex, Spooky Tooth, Jackie Lomax, Alton John, making his solar uh, solo concert <laughs> debut, and Heavy Jelly all appeared at the Roundhouse in London, uh, and tickets cost about twenty five shillings. And somebody is sucking a smoothie or something. There. Did you hear that, Donald? Boy? Are you driving around with a window down? Um, so, I can't fit my computer was, into the cars. <laughs> this day in history in 1970. So let's, let's see if we can scoot on up the history chain here. I swear it started out like the Hollies. This one. I know you can't hear it, but I'm thinking. Well, that's, um, that's in, this day in history in 2001, Peter Buck, who's a guitarist for our own REM, was charged by police at Heathrow Airport with being drunk on an aircraft and assaulting British Airways crew. Buck was taken into custody after landing on a flight from uh, Seattle and questioned by police for over 12 hours. So that's that's Buck. Oh no, that's not that's not uh, that's Michael Stipe, the lead singer. Peter oh. Buck is a guitarist. So oh okay. He's the one. He's the one strumming there in the background. <laughs> well, well, let's see. well, there's my three. Oh, well. <laughs> so I got to get the next three. Yeah, surely you'll get this one. Um, let's see. And this one, everybody will get excited about. If it actually wants to play. That's always a problem. If I had a hammer. Um... Oh, that's that. Um... I know it, but I can't think of it. That's that guy's uh, son that was on Full House or something like that. Yeah, anybody, anybody. Yeah, Dealer. I gave you a hint. So yeah, I was growing <laughs> pain. Bobby Thick is the son of Alan Thick. There, yeah, there you go. go. Very good. Yeah, this day in history in 2014, Robin Thick's controversial hit single "Blurred Lines" was named the UK's most downloaded song of all time. The song had sold. 1.54 million copies since it was released on in May 2013, despite criticisms of its explicit lyrics. About 20 university student unions banned the track, saying it promoted a date rape culture and accusation thick, consistently denied. 
Yep. Oh, Robin's Dick. Isn't that his only hit? Uh, that's the one everybody remembers, so I guess you yeah. could say yes. Um, and this one is a little more emotional. Do I get so, any points for just a hit? No, you've, you've accrued no <laughs> points yet, actually. Eric's the only one with five million points. He's just standing there. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Oh, Prince. Purple Rain. There you go, Donald Wayne. You actually get um, a trillion points for that one. Oh, Um, well, good. So, back in on this day in history in 2016, Prince was found dead at his home in Minnesota at the age of 57. After police were summoned to his Paisley Park estate and found his body in a lift, the acclaimed and influential musician became a global superstar in the late and the 1980s with albums such as 1999, Purple Rain, and Sign of the Times, and recorded more than 30 albums. And as a sidebar, um, he's got scores and scores of never released material um, that his estate. Uh, still has so and he's from um, minneapolis right yeah i think definitely missed he was a he was a phenomenal artist a hell of a guitar player oh a lot of people don't think about that but he was a hell of a guitar player yeah i've talked about that track before that he did with that concert that uh dedication concert i believe for george harrison yeah and there was a bunch of different artists there and he he was playing at the end and he threw his guitar up in the air and it never came back down so i guess somebody caught it but i mean he just he killed that number such a great great guitar player yeah it's actually one of my favorite songs from him purple rain Um, yeah yeah i wouldn't have I only well, later in life it became one of my favorite songs. Yeah, I didn't. I was into the hard rock early in life, so it, it took a while. But when you li- when you really listen to some of his songs, they're really yeah pretty deep. All right, I got one last one for you. Let's see what you can get. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm in trouble. It'd be very hard pressed to get this one. Anybody. Is that knows. Waylon Jennings? No, sounds like it, doesn't it? Yeah. So, in twenty, uh, this day in history, 2016, Lonnie Mack, American rock, blues, and country singer, guitarist, Lonnie Mack died of natural causes in a hospital near his log cabin home, 70 miles east of Nashville, Tennessee. In early 1960s, he was a pioneer in virtuoso rock guitar soloing, whose recordings were pivotal to the emergence of the electric guitar as a lead voice in rock music. For this, it has been said that he launched the era of the modern rock guitar. He scored the hit single instrumentals, Memphis and Wham. So they're saying that, you know, he's kind of like the the uh, godfather of the modern rock guitar there. So. Hmm. 
But um, that's something everybody can look into if they want to listen to some of Lottie Mack. And that <laughs> is this day in musical history. Well, two out of six is bad. <laughs> no, it's not good, but it's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Well, are you ready, Donald Wayne? I'm as ready as I'm going to get, Dennis Lee. Uh, I hope you're ready for this. It. <laughs> what? <laughs> and what was that? Well, you got it. The boys are going to be jealous. Wacky Wednesday disco for you there, Donald (laughs) Wayne. Yeah, the boys are going to be jealous. I know. Well, you know, they threw a fit and left some stuff behind here, so they're in trouble anyway. (laughs) All right. There's not too many on the calendar for today. (laughs) So, um, well, actually, today, what is it? No, it's not midnight yet. So this is for tomorrow, Thursday, April the 22nd. Uh, tomorrow is national earth day. Um, that ought to make a lot of people happy, but, uh, since its inception, the organizers promote educating the public about a variety of subjects, including climate change, air pollution, water pollution, erosion, recycling, composting, renewable fuels and power, carbon footprints, efficient cars, rainforest and ecosystems. So all that's packed into National Earth Day. Um, so we can huh. celebrate that. Huh. In the that's next- every day of the week, BP. <laughs> What's that? Oh, <laughs> we didn't say planetary day there, BP. Uh, yeah. uh, so it's also National Girl Scout Leader Day tomorrow. Uh, the Girl Scouts were founded in 1912, and there's approximately 750,000 adult volunteers at this time that work with the organization. Uh, It says that the Girl Scouts provide a foundation of confidence, experience, respect, and courage that stays with a young woman throughout her lifetime. I wonder, do they teach the Girl Scouts to perform life-saving um you know uh well you know where i'm going I, 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 I was just, what uh, i was just curious life uh, saving what you get bit by a snake do they First do the aid? same thing with the girl scouts that they do with the boy scouts well i'm sure i've never seen a girl scout manual but i'm sure there's a uh, merit badge in there for life saving or first aid uh issues okay all right well just, just a thought. Okay. Um, sorry. So, right, I answered that question for you as best I could. Oh, you did. Uh, you did. All right. It's also National Take Our Daughters and Sons to Work Day. Didn't we just do this a couple of months ago? I mean, why do these things sound so familiar? But um, this, but at least it's both of them. You know, usually it's one or the other. So now they've got it combined, and maybe that's why it is. Uh, they, you can take your choice. Um, this is an annual event that's an educational program in the U.S., and they celebrate it in Canada as well. 
Uh, oh, Canada. Where they take their kids to work for one day. And um, leave them? <laughs> well, I, oh, I, I, where is Johnny? I'm not going to. Why is he not with you? Something popped in my head and I decided I'm not going to say that. But this uh, day is designed to help children explore the workforce and empower them to set goals and create a path to the dream career or decide no way that I want to do that for a living. So depends on what mom or dad uh, does for a living, whether the kids want to follow in that footstep or not. Um, it's also the last thing on the list. Like I said, it's a short day. National Teach Children to Save Day. This is a day that encourages children to develop a good savings habit. Unlike your parents, develop these habits at a young age creates a foundation for a lifetime of savings. So, huh, well, uh, I did have a savings account when I was about 10 or 11 years old. Mm. Uh, but, you know, if you're only putting a quarter in there every week, it, it yeah. doesn't, doesn't go very far. In fact, yeah. I never actually got my money out of that bank. But um, I often Ever? wondered if, no, I never took it out. So, you well, know. Well, if you get 1% interest on it, you know, for all this time. Compounded uh, <laughs> quarterly. You could have. You could have a significant amount of I could, something but in there. I don't know where the bank book is. Oh, well. So, uh, my loss. Yeah. Well, that was it. Okay, very very well, simple. Let me get uh, Dieter in here. <laughs> okay i just i started reading i looked over and i read the comments a couple of comments so <laughs> just, you can see where that was going didn't i know you? see normally i don't get to read the comments until after the show and i'm i'm getting ready to post and i'm looking at everything because i always read the whole thing before i post it mm-hmm. And, and so then I'm up here laughing by myself at, at one in the morning at, at some <laughs> of the comments that get made. And, um, I'm sure there's questions throughout the house. Um, <laughs> where, all right, Dennis Lee. Oh, well, is it me? Huh? Okay. I don't know. Um, is it? Is it? What is I don't it? know. Let me, let me look here. Um, <clears throat> Um, okay, it is. Okay, well. Um, well, the first one uh, I have here is that uh, is a story by Business Insider um, by Marianne Guineau that U.S. honey still contains traces of the radioactive fallout of nuclear bomb testing in the 50s and 60s, a study finds. And that was troublesome. Um, it says some of you, some U.S. honey still carries traces of cesium-137 from atom bomb testing during the Cold War, according to a new study. The levels of contamination in the honey are not high enough to be harmful to humans, really. Um, but the research provides more information on the long-lasting effects of nuclear fallout on the environment. Uh, the radioactive traces in honey were found by chance, actually. Nobody was really looking for them. The author of the study, uh, the geologist Jim Case, 
of the College of William and Mary in Williamsburg, Virginia, sent his students on a spring break assignment to measure radiation in food like nuts and fruit, Science Alert reported. <clears throat> Much of it had faint traces of cesium-137, a radioactive element that is created by the nuclear reaction of uranium and plutonium that powers atomic weapons. But Case said in a blog post that when he tested a jar of honey from a North Carolina farmer's market, my detector was bonkers. Um, to make honeybees concentrate uh, nectar from flowers into a liquid five times as concentrated, this has the effect of also concentrating any contaminants picked up by the plants. For that reason, it can be used to identify hot spots of pollutants. I did not know that. So in a study published in the journal Nature Communication on March 29th, Case and colleagues mapped radioactivity levels for honey in the eastern U.S. Of the 122 honey samples tested, 68 shows detectable traces of radioactive cesium. Um, they found that the honey in the area had on average about 0 0.03 Bequerels per kilogram. <laughs> Say that five times real what is fast. That, is that Spanish? A, a, a bequerel, I think, is, a, is just a, um, they didn't say, uh, I guess it's a measurement of radiation and whatever. <clears throat> That's my scientific term, too. More <laughs> than six decades after the bulk of nuclear bomb testing. So this surprised the scientists as half life of cesium-137 is 30 years, meaning that after so long, most of the radioactivity ought to have dissipated. The scientists found negligible levels of cesium-137 in four samples of honey from the central U.S. and one from Cuba. The study noted previous research indicating that weather patterns had caused the east coast of the U.S. to receive an unusually high amount of fallout from nuclear weapon tests around the world. That's just great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> much more fallout than could be traced, for example, back to high-profile nuclear disasters at the Chernobyl and Fukushima power plants. What? Um, Fukushima. Okay. That's that, power, that's that nuclear plant in Japan that yes, had the that uh, earthquake. Yeah. Um, so from 1951 to 1980, the equivalent of 440 megatons of explosive yield were blasted above ground, and most of it was launched by the Soviet Union and the U.S., China, France, and the U.K. also ran tests. More than 500 nuclear devices were exploded at 13 testing sites. 75% of the explosive force from those bombs came from tests before 1963 and just two testing sites the Marshall Islands in the Pacific Ocean, and Novaya Zemlya in northern Russia. <clears throat> Though it isn't clear which of the explosions contaminated the honey, the cesium-137 production from these bombs was more than 400 times as high as the production in New Mexico and Nevada, um, Case said in the blog post. Uh, what it, that what that did was put a blanket of these isotopes into the environment during a very narrow time window. The radioactive elements uh, or radionuclides fell onto the soil, 
And by the early 1960s, almost everywhere on the planet had been exposed to radioactive contaminants. Because of the contamination of the soil was, uh, and the soul, um, <laughs> was a ubiquitous, <laughs> scientists used these radionuclides to date samples of soil to the 1960s. Uh, traces of fallout radionuclides are in glaciers all around the world and in deep sea trenches as well. Scientists are concerned about the effect of the longer-lived radioactive elements like cesium on the environment. This has been poorly studied so far, the scientists said in the study. So, um, you know, that, that honey you like to put in your tea and spread on some toast or, you know, just lick it right out of the jar <laughs> could be a little radioactive. There's, so. there's all kinds of things you can do with honey, Dennis Lee. I mean, it's, uh, well, it's, a, it's a good <laughs> good topping for all kinds of foods. <laughs> well, I mean, people use it in the strangest ways, Donald Wayne. You'd be surprised. Um, but, yeah, I thought that was an odd story. Well, mm. I do remember, uh, unfortunately, I'm old enough to remember that there was a snow one year back, I think it was early 60s, might have been late 50s. But uh, we were warned not, you know, because we love snow ice cream in Texas. Um, that was a big thing. And uh, we were warned vanilla. not. To, hmm. What? A little bit of vanilla. Yeah. Well. Yeah. You got a got a vanilla and about a pound of sugar, but um, we were warned not to eat snow ice cream that year because of all of the radiation that was in the atmosphere, upper atmosphere. And um, I think we we <clears throat> cheated and went ahead and made some anyway, and. I didn't really notice any effects of it, although I didn't have to use a flashlight for a couple of months uh, when I was yeah, in the dark. A, a get, get Donald Wayne to open his mouth again <laughs> yeah. in the dark. Check that I just, out. I mean, I you ever was, seen anything like it? <laughs> I thought it was odd, you know, that my ears were glowing. And I mean, they said, you, you know, uh, well, I, I just can't do it. No, please. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I do remember the times when when there was uh, warnings about the radiation in the upper atmosphere, and and people were told not to eat snow. Um, well, they said you can find ra radioactivity in bananas, just I think for the very same reason. But who, um, I mean, what? So should you have a Geiger counter if you're going to eat bananas regularly? Uh, does I mean these days? Does it really matter? Uh, with everything well, that's that what you, you put you, pretty much everything that you eat um, can harm you in some way shape or form so um, yeah i don't know well you'd almost it, have to grow it yourself on um grow what know, it, bananas I, well whatever you want i guess um i mean but if you're going to drink water out of plastic bottles just you might as well not worry about the other stuff right and um and i'm i'm a plastic you know, um, water bottle drinking addict. So I don't drink tap water when it's probably just as bad out of the, out of the plastic bottle. So I don't, I don't know. know if you've ever opened up a, a line, uh, in an old area, you know, where the pipes are, you know, 20, 30 years old. Um, it makes you not ever want to drink tap water again. Well, you know, but I remember when I was a kid and it was hot and, you know, you're beaten down by the Texas summer.
that'd be the best thing to do is I'll get the old water hose and crank the water out of the cold water out of there and just gulp it down. Oh yeah. Out of that rubber hose that's sitting in the hot sun. Yeah. The dog had been <laughs> licking it and no telling what crawled up inside of it. You know, hose yep. water is the best. <laughs> yep. Well, yeah. Especially when you can't get it anywhere else. Whoa. No, we didn't have, we didn't have, <laughs> we, we didn't have uh, uh, water bottles or anything back then. Oh. Um, Oh. Yeah, some people call it hose pipe, yeah. just duck. Oh, <laughs> they call oh, it hose okay. pipe. Oh, um, boy. All right, so I came across this article in a magazine that they keep sending me, even though I haven't subscribed to the magazine. It's Entertainment Magazine. Do you get that, Dennis Lee? Uh, no, t- sir, I don't. No, no, I get it. Sure. I don't know. I must be on some list. But I'm um, sure you are being (laughs) (laughs) being a conservative. I'm surprised that an entertainment magazine would come to my house. But anyway, in the April edition, um, I I found one article that I kind of liked. Um, It said the 10 movies you need to see before you grow up. So I've got a couple more I need to watch before I grow up. Um. But it's mainly these are kids' movies that they recommend that uh, they've been rated very high by whoever the, that that your children see these or your grandkids or whoever see these before they grow up. And if you're one of those adults that hasn't grown up yet, then you can still go ahead and because I still enjoy watching some of those movies, you know, like Finding Nemo and and oh, yeah. um, um, one with a donkey. Uh, <laughs> Um, you know what I'm talking yeah. about, right? The ogre, <laughs> the donkey, the donkey movie. <laughs> uh, well, I hope we're talking about the same one, Donald Wayne. That's all. I'm yeah. Shrek, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jess. Shrek, Jeez. good lord, it's too much pressure. Anyway, so these are the 10 that they recommend that, that your kids or kids in general see them before they grow up. See how many of them you agree with. Now, this first one, I've seen most of them, but this first one I have not seen. It's called Inside Out. And I think I heard you talking about that one time, didn't I, Dennis? Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. Um, it says emotions take on a sensational new life in this movie. Pixar's tender, yeah. surreal reckoning of childhood and the wild inner rumpus. Voiced by Amy Poehler, Minnie Kaling. Inner rumpus. I, says, I didn't see anything about a rump when I was watching it. About a wild <laughs> inner rumpus, so you must have been I sleeping on that I didn't watch part. that one. Yeah, I but, hope uh, it was. You missed the inner Well, go back and watch it, because it might be worth I, yeah. watching. Um, yeah, so it that, is actually really is a good movie. That's number one on the list. Um, Toy Story 2. I don't know why they went to two and not one. Personally, I like one a little better just because it was such a new concept, but you know, two is a good one. So it says toy, toy story Two. buzz light year leads a toy team to rescue Woody Tom Hanks from a collector. It, it was a pretty cute, but the story really focused more about Jesse, uh, which Joan Cusack did a good job of playing Jesse or doing the voice for Jesse. Um, 
so that's number two. E.T., the ter- extraterrestrial, is number three oh, on their yeah. list. Uh, of course, I've seen that probably ten times. Um, they describe it. It says uh, E.T. looked like an unshelled turtle and spoke in remedial Yoda. So I've never yeah, heard Yeah, that was great. I mean, what, Drew Barrymore was like, what, oh, four or five in that movie? Yeah. Well, maybe she was a little bit older, but she, she wasn't I, much well, older. She was pretty, pretty darn young. Um, she's what? She's in her 50s now? Uh, I think she might be older than that, but maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. But uh, it's amazing how popular that movie still is today uh, with, with fans. And let's see. Number four is The Wizard of Oz, the original. Um <laughs> oh, it says no child is complete till you've witnessed the technicolor glories of the yellow brick road. See, the thing is the first time I saw it, it was in black and white. So, um, you just had to imagine the brick road was yellow and the slippers were ruby red. Oh, I mean, there was a lot of kids that were scared by the flying monkeys in, in the original wizard of Oz. Oh yeah, uh, I yeah, had nightmares yeah. over the flying monkeys. Well, it um, was uh, you know get into the conspiracy of it. There's a lot of play, you know, a lot of uh, eerie things that happened t- that were tied to that movie. You know the oh yeah, the witch hanging, and her hung cackling. And, well, I mean, no, just all this doom that followed the actual making of the movie. Um, you know, one of the things that bothered me was the tornado that lifted the house up. I guess because growing up in Texas. With oh, all yeah. the tornadoes, I mean, yeah, we yeah. oh well, we can see that happening, <laughs> but uh, you can still watch that on available. It's still available on HBO Max. Um, uh-huh. Now, this next one I have not seen. It's called My Neighbor Totoro, or Tutoro, T O T O R O. I've never heard of it, but that's number five oh. on the list. It says two sisters move to the country and find a world of weird amazement. Uh, Hayo Mazaki. I didn't write this. What? I mean, I don't know if that should be a children movie. It's it's a dreamy masterpiece that has the barest wisp of a plot. Mom's in the hospital and a parade of fancy creatures as huggable as they are mysterious. And that's on HBO Max as well. If you would like to figure out what wow. weird creatures are running around in my neighbor yeah. Totoro. Well, uh, let's see that. Number six is, is it Moana? Is it M-O-A? Moana. 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 Yeah. Moana. I, I have not seen that one either. Did oh, you? that is awesome. Is that a good one? Yeah. Um, yeah. Who knew that's got Disney... the rock in it. Yeah. Yeah. He plays, uh, Moana. he plays the demigod. Oh, the demigod, yeah. The yeah, shape-shifting yeah, demigod. Uh, yeah. It well, says the undauntable daughter of a Pacific Islands mm-hmm. chieftain sets out to defeat the lava demon. So that's, uh, of course, available on Disney+. Plus. Do you have Disney+. Plus? Like ten times. We do, actually. Yeah, okay, do. That's, that's good. Good one. All right, number seven. I haven't seen this in a long time, but uh, I've seen it a couple of times. Babe, the pig. Um, the yeah, impossi- that's a good one. The impossibly cute talking piglet tale was produced by Mad Max 
Imperator George Miller. Did you know that? I mean, think about guy that did Mad Max also uh, produced Babe. That's kind of weird. Oh, now I'm talking about well the original, balanced. the original Mad Max. Right. Um, let's see. And then Babe Pig in the City. All right. So that's on HBO Max as well. All right. Number eight is kind of strange. I mean, I like the movie, but it's the sound of music. Um, I wow, actually, that's a kid movie. I actually I mean, went to see it when that. it first came out. Well, it's, it's other a great Nazis on there. You know? It's a great feel good movie, except, you know, those parts where, you know, the Nazis are trying to uh, capture the family. Right. But uh, it's it's a great movie, and and it, it says in here, it says, just don't blame us if your kids won't stop singing Do-Re-Mi while they run around That's the house. Right. A doe, <laughs> a deer, a female deer. Um, I like the song like where they were all, all the kids were standing on the stairs, and they were singing the goodnight uh, song. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, um, and an interesting piece of trivia about The Sound of Music, the lady who played Sister Margareta, Anna Lee, would later um, go on to play the role of Lila Quartermain on the long-running daytime soap opera General Hospital. Oh, really? That, that really, that really was her. But, yeah. but I think in in like the last twenty years of her life, you know, she was confined to a wheelchair. I didn't even know, know this that that she had been paralyzed from the waist down due to a car accident. But in probably in the oh, er, in her earlier years when she did General Hospital, that there were that there was times that she was able to walk. But after that. That that stopped. Oh no! Well, that's horrible. Yeah. Well, that it was. Um, I, as you know, uh, Dennis Lee, uh, Uncle Ed took me to see that movie. That was, uh, mm. and which oh, kind of made because he always made fun of things, and <laughs> it was a character to go see a movie with. And I think two of the Von Trapp children have also died in real life, too. You know, the one who played Liesel and the one who played Louisa. Right. Of natural yeah, causes. But that, that w they would make, they would have to be in their 80s if they're still they're, alive. They're probably in their, their 70s or 80s, mostly. Yeah. yeah. But, and then, uh, of course, the real life, like Von Trapp family, um, the, the, like the, you know, Louisa, like the real life Louisa lived to be 99 years old. You know. I didn't know that. Yeah, but I, I've done reading on that before because they had come from Austria and they lived out the rest of their lives in Vermont. Yeah, it's a very interesting story about the family. Uh, yeah, very, um, very compelling indeed. And then when you realize that, you know, the movie is based on the true story or the musical is based on a true story, it, uh, mm -hmm. it's really, it's really neat. And I'm not mm -hmm. overly a, a fan of musicals, but that one I liked. Um, yeah. Cute. Well, it's all, all girls in this household. So there's a lot of musicals. To go <laughs> Oh. All right, number nine on the list is The Princess Bride. I don't think that I've, I don't remember seeing that one either. Oh, that's got um, Andre the Giant in it, doesn't it? Uh, let's see. Uh, Billy Crystal is a voice in there. It doesn't say anything about Andre uh, the Giant. Yeah, it's, it's got Andre the Giant in that movie. 
Oh. Um, and that was that was not long before he died. Um, they, I, I was watching a, a documentary about uh, Andre the Giant, and they were saying when he did that movie, there's a part where he catches the princess, and they couldn't just drop him, you know, because he's a beast of a guy. But they couldn't. Oh yeah, he was so bad off they couldn't drop her into his arms because his his body just couldn't handle it because um, he was in debilitating pain at that point. But yeah. yeah, Andre the Giant was in that movie. I remember that one. I watched that. We actually watched that about probably about three months ago. Really? Yeah. I have not seen that. I'll have to. I'll yeah. have to. Find. It's very cheesy. It's it's full of cheese. Um, <laughs> well, I uh, like cheese. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's. I'm a cheese connoisseur. That's right, uh, just uh, inconceivable. Um, yeah. All right, yeah, number ten on the list. Um, it is one of my favorite movies, and it makes me want to watch it again. I haven't seen it in over a year or so. Uh, is The Goonies? And um, oh, hey, you guys! You guys. Um, let's see. Actually, there's a lot of people in there um, that went on to do other things. Josh Brolin. Um, yep. He was in there. He was the older brother. Let's see. Uh, let me get this other out of the way. Um, the Goonies was Hollywood's seventh biggest box office hit of 1985, also nabbing the number 13 spot on Rolling Stone's 25 greatest movies of the 80s and number 81 in uh, Time Out's list of the best 100 films of all times. So um, it's gotten a lot of praise. But, you know, Sean Astin... Um, played Mikey. Uh, he was kind of the leader of the boys. Uh, you know who he's the son of, right? Patty, Patty Duke, Duke um, and um, yeah. John John and Aston. adopted by yeah. John Aston was technically his adopted father. Oh, um, really? I thought he was the real father. Uh, yeah, the uh, Adams yeah. family guy. Um, th- that that was Sean's adopted father, but his younger brother Mackenzie is 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 John's son. Oh, okay. Um, it turned out that um, Sean Astin's biological father was a gentleman named Michael Tell that, you know, that, you know, Patty Duke was briefly married to, but it was annulled. Yeah. Mm. How do you know these things, Eric? Who's <laughs> a, a wealth of information? You, just an encyclopedia. I think there are plenty of other, other interesting performances in like the Goonies. And then the one standout character was Mama Fratelli, played by legendary <clears throat> character actress Anne Ramsey, who later went on to perform in Throw Mama from the Train. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, oh, I lo- yeah. Lo- loved her performances. Yeah, so she, she was great. Well, like, God um, rest her soul, though. Yeah, right. she, she died not long after that. Um, um, well, the, I think the highlight throw- of her career was her getting a supporting actress Oscar nomination for Throw Mama from the Train. Yeah. Uh, so Corey Feldman, he played Mouth, uh, which yeah. was also in the movie Stand By Me and the Lost Boys, you know, the vampire movie. You remember yeah. that one? He, he had a troubled life, that's for sure. He, he did, but well, you know, he's still alive. River and, Phoenix uh, did too. Yeah, um, poor River Phoenix, the guy rest his soul. Uh, the guy but he's, played, doing, he's doing well for himself. The guy played Je- uh, Chunk. His name is Jeff Cohen. I I didn't remember that, but he's actually a lawyer. He got a law degree 
and uh, now he does entertainment law in Hollywood. So he's probably making oh, some money yeah. off of some of them. Uh, here's one I bet you don't know. Jonathan K. Kwan, Key Kwan, who played Data. You remember yeah. Data? Uh, all the gadgets. Yeah. Uh, what movie yeah. was he in before? Aha! He was in uh, he was in an Indiana Jones movie, uh, Temple of Doom. All right, Don't you worry. surprised me. <laughs> <laughs> you surprised me. Yeah, he was in Temple of Doom before this, because uh, Goonies was nineteen eighty five. Temple of Doom was eighty four. Uh, he went on to become a stunt coordinator for films like X Men and and Jet Li's The One. So, oh, uh, cool. Um, he did that. Carrie Green, remember the cheerleader, uh, the uh, one yeah. that he kissed in, <laughs> in the dark or in the cave. Uh, she played Andy. Uh, she really didn't do a whole lot. She played on, actually did some stints on Mad About You and Murder She Wrote, but after yeah. that, she didn't do a whole lot. Martha Plimpton, who played Stephanie, um, she played in the movie Mosquito Coast and Running on Empty. I kind of remember this Mosquito Coast, but I don't remember. But here's one. Do you know who played Sloth? Either one of you. Sloth. Sloth, yeah. Yeah, Baby Ruth. The, 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 the one who was like deformed, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Baby no, Ruth. No. Um, you know who, oh, no. who, played, who played Sloth? The guy was six foot, eight inches tall. He was former NFL top draft pick, won two Super Bowls as a defensive lineman for the Oakland Raiders, and also appeared in the football flick North Dallas 40 in 1979. John Matuzak. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? I didn't know that. I mean, probably I no one but you and I knows <laughs> or old enough to know that one. But, uh, yeah, John Matuzak. But he died in 1989 from a prescription drug overdose. So, um, oh wow, that didn't end too well for him. But you look at Sloth, and I don't see how he doesn't look that big uh, to me in the movie compared to the. Well, he didn't. He didn't do a whole lot of standing in the movie. I don't think. Well, they you know when they ran the to the pirate or... ship and stuff, they yeah. were he was kind of. Yeah. But um, and of course, uh, Eric's already talked about Anne Ramsey who played Mama Fratelli. Robert Davy played Jake Fratelli. You've seen Davy. He played in License to Kill and Predator 2. Uh, he right. plays a... plays a, uh, And then the last one, Joe Pantoliano. Pantoliano. Yeah, he's been in some things. He was in... Uh, tell me, what what's the big one he was in, Dennis Lee? If you know what he looks like. Oh... Uh... I was going to say Will Smith. He was in with Will Smith. Oh, with Will Smith? Yeah. Oh, uh, 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 he was with Will Smith and uh, and Gene uh, Hackman. Um, What? Yeah. Uh, I don't remember him being in there. Oh, you talk. No, uh, I was thinking Bad Boys. He was in Bad Boys. Oh, was he? He played the, the captain or lieutenant, whatever he was. I think he started out as a lieutenant in the beginning, and then by by the last one, he was a captain or something. But, yeah, bad boys. And he was in Midnight Run, and he was in The Fugitive. He was one of the the crew in The Fugitive. 
Hmm. So anyway, that's, that's all of those. That's the, the 10 that they say that you should see before you grow up. And for some of us, we've still got time. <laughs> so I've been Our told. clock is ticking. <laughs> so I've been told. Yeah. No, we, you're never too old to be a kid. That's for sure. Um, well, there you go. That was a walk down memory lane. Uh, that was a good list, Jess Duck. Um, well, if we got time, I got a quick, uh, I got a quick list on marketing stunts that became famous around the world. And this is in Love uh, Money by Francis Carruthers. Um, so how, how do you test the safety of a newly built bridge, Donald Wayne? Um, I, I would say get somebody to drive over it with a tractor trailer full of well, cement. <laughs> There you're close. Uh, how about by walking a parade of elephants across it? Um, of course, that was a tactic that uh, circus company P.T. Barnum of the Greatest Showman fame took marching 21 elephants over Brooklyn Bridge when it opened on the 17th of May in 1884. To not test only it? Not only did the stunt prove the bridge's stability, it generated heaps of media attention for the Barnum's museum and touring show. Yeah. Yeah. So I would imagine. The Brooklyn Bridge. What if it had yeah. fallen, though? That would have been then the end they of the They would circus. have lost 21 elephants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that was a big chunk of money for him at the time. That sounded like a um, rock group, 21 elephants. Uh, could be. So if somebody comes up with that name, then we expect to cut We got it. dibs on that one, too. Before. Yeah, we got dibs on that. Um, how about the Michelin uh, star is the most sought-after accolade in the culinary world and is given only to the finest eateries. However, the origin story of this badge of honor actually has nothing to do with food let alone the most refined food in the world. In 1900, brothers Andre and Edouard Michelin, founders of the Michelin Tire Company, created guidebooks as a way to encourage people to make more car journeys so they would wear out <coughs> their tires more quickly. Uh, bless you. By 1912, the guidebook's uh, food section had gained a reputation, and the Michelin star was born with anonymous critics uh, tasked with awarding one, two, or three stars to restaurants offering exceptional dining experiences. The Michelin star isn't just a symbol of the best cuisine on offer. It also adds a sparkle of prestige to the globe's second largest tire company, bolstering its reputation the world over and they spell the word tire in this whole article t-y-r-e um messing with me the whole time um so yeah yeah i didn't know that either just stuck so <clears throat> that's a good uh, little trivia piece there how about um given the global popularity of the tour de france you might be surprised to learn it was started in an attempt to resuscitate a failing Parisian new newspaper. To boost sales, journalist Henry Desgrange um, of 
Leato suggested holding a bike race around the perimeter of France. Um, and so the first Tour de France took place on July 1st, 1903. It worked. 20 years later, the newspaper circulation had risen from 20,000 to 500,000 copies a day. Um, El Auto is now known as El Equip. So that's very interesting. Yeah. Um, and let's see. Uh, with an abundance of orange growers in California and not enough people to buy them, Sunkist decided to revamp the fruit's image in the early 1900s. Advertising executive Albert Lasker came up with the idea of encouraging people to make their own orange juice, which hadn't been common before. The 1907 Drinking Orange advertisement allegedly resulted in a four-fold boost in Sunkiss orange sales. Later, Sunkiss went on to release own brand juicers and started selling its own juice. Um. Have you ever slammed so, a straw in one of those oranges and just squeezed it and sucked the juice out? No, no, I have not. You've never tried that? Um, no, I've never slammed a straw in anything, Donald <laughs> Wayne. Um, I mean, it, well, it, you have to do it, it sounds rather bold, forcefully. Right? Forcefully there. Yeah. I don't uh, know that today's straws could withstand such but, force. But that way um, you don't have to have a glass or anything. You just, you know. Put the straw in there and squeeze and drink. Hmm. Oh. Um. <laughs> and now an, an iconic part of the landscape, when the Hollywood sign was constructed in 1923, it was less about L.A.'s film industry and more about marketing the area's latest housing development. Real estate developer Woodruff and Schultz was developing properties in the isolated area and intended Hollywood land to be an affordable alternative to L.A. To put Hollywood land on the map, they created the attention-grabbing sign at a cost of $21,000. It would be about $325,000 today. It lost the land in 1949, becoming the industry-focused sign that we know it is as today. So Hollywood sign up on the hill used to be Hollywood land. How did they lose the land? Housing development. Um, I don't know. Earthquake. Um, that know, makes sense. Some, somebody trying to cancel it. I don't Bush know. Bushfire. Protesters. I don't know. <laughs> um, somebody probably needed some letters. Um, so, synonymous with the Thanksgiving in New York, Macy's Day Parade is one of the world's largest and attracts 44 million TV viewers each year. The first parade was in 1924, comprising Macy's employees along with floats and animals from Central Park Zoo. It brought an audience of 250,000 as well as going on to replace Ragamuffin Day. Um, hmm. Didn't know this was a thing which was essentially a form of trick-or-treating. Macy's Parade, which was free and inclusive, was seen as a better alternative at the onset of the Great Depression. So I guess during Thanksgiving they used to do Ragamuffin Day. I didn't, you know, 
maybe that's where ragamuffin came from. I, I never really questioned where, where it came from. Yeah, I mean, why it was would you? just uh, it was just there. Um, so it's often said that Santa's red uh, Santa's coat is red due to Coca Cola advertising. That's not strictly true. Santa had often appeared in red before Coca Cola first depicted him in magazine ads in the 1930s. Yet the brand still shaped the image of Santa. In 1931, Coca-Cola wanted to show Santa as wholesome and kind rather than the gaunt and strict-looking Kris Kringle the world had known before. Illustrator Haddon Sunblom painted a jolly-looking, plump, and friendly Saint Nick using his friend Lou Prentice, a retired salesman, as his muse. And the ads were debuted in the Saturday Evening Post that year. Hmm. Huh. I'm hoping that Santa yeah. switches over to Dr. Pepper this year. I know, right? Because I'm not um, buying Coke. No. Uh, let's see. We'll throw one more in there. Um, That's for people who like... Uh, Guinness, putting a message in a bottle and dropping it in the sea isn't anything new. It's been around uh, since as early as 310 B.C. when Greek philosopher Theophrastus launched sea, uh, sealed bottles into the sea to see which way it flowed. Yet in 1959, when Guinness dumped 150,000 bottles in the Atlantic Pacific and Indian notions filled with messages to advertise its stout, it became a source of fascination. The bottles are still turning up on shores across the world from the Bahamas to Liverpool docks and sell for a fortune at an auction. So I'm thinking we need to go down to the coast <laughs> and find us one of these Guinness bottles. Wouldn't that have been littering? I mean, it seems like throwing that many bottles in the ocean wouldn't have been a popular thing to do. Well, I mean, now we just dump radioactive waste into the ocean. <laughs> so, I mean, this, this has got to fare far better. Um, well, yeah, I guess you know, it, at least it won't degrade. Right. And, um, yeah, that's hmm. uh, just some of the... Uh, Wild marketing stunts that uh, became famous around the world. <laughs> well, let me just quickly throw some did you knows at you. And we'll round this out since we're kind of in that phase. Um, since you're a space connoisseur, Dennis Lee, did you know that? Oh, space, yes. Did you know that space smells <laughs> like steak? Does it now? That's what this article says. Well, I it's, guess it depends on what planet you're around. I just, I, but you know, if you take your <laughs> helmet off to try to smell it, then you're you're gone anyway. So uh, right. you'll never, your brain will never realize what it smelled like. But that's what they say. I don't know how they measure that. Well, they actually just created breathable air on Mars uh, with one hmm. of the rovers uh, today or the day before. For a brief second. A puff. Uh, a puff of air. A puff. A puff of air. <laughs> yes. All right. Did you know that the moon sometimes has moonquakes? Yes, I did, actually. They okay. were uh, 
That was reported, uh, I think, earlier this or last week it was. Uh, yeah. It says that uh, they're caused by tidal stresses connected to the distance between the Earth and the moon. So, um, so they have moonquakes. Did you know that a man was hit by a car in 2001 that was traveling at 70 miles an hour? And that man was propelled 118 feet away from the point of impact. Did he live? Yes, he did. The man, Matthew McKnight, who survived the incident, thereby holds the record for the greatest distance being thrown due to a car accident. Uh, it's not a record I would try to break um, <clears throat> for any reason. Also, did you know that, that your nostrils can only work one at a time, Dennis Lee? What do you mean? I, it, it's, I, you know, again, I don't write these. It just says, do you know I'm, I'm, that your I'm nostrils good. can only work one at a time? This I'm using both of them right now. This, this explains, among other things, <laughs> why when you have a cold, you only have one block nostril at a time. That's what this says. I don't. I really, I haven't had oh, a cold well, in several years, so I don't remember. I've had both of my nostrils blocked before. I think that I, might be a little skewed there. I wouldn't doubt it. Right. I, you know, I did not check the uh, accuracy of these questions. Um, did you know that the wood frog can refrain from peeing for up to eight months? Well, I wish I had that bladder. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Well, we don't know how big the wood frog is or how big his bladder is, but... Um, Jeez, I mean, uh, my goodness. Did you know that there are only two mammals on Earth that enjoy spicy foods? Um, okay. No, I did one, not. One is humans, of course, and the other are right. tree shrews. Tree shrews. Tree shrews. And I don't I know how they know decided they like that they like... Mexican food. I just... I don't know how they proved that. Uh, did you know that Greenland sharks can live to be over 500 years old? I did not. That's a long time. That's um, a mighty long time. Also, did you know that since 2002 in Florida, pregnant pigs are constitutionally protected against caging? Oh, really? You can't wow. put a pregnant pig in a cage in Florida. Uh, this amendment considers that during pregnancy, a pig must be able to turn around freely. Uh, you know, well, <laughs> imagine well, wasting I, time on that bill. Um, that must have been a problem. Since, since you're a connoisseur of rabbits and holes, did you know that rabbits can't puke? I did not know that. Okay. Didn't know that either. It's, and I don't know whether it's true or not. Um, Here's a fun one. Did you know that in the United States, more humans die each year because of a cow than because of a shark? Now, I don't know if it's from eating. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, cow? Is it from what, eating a hamburger or I, I like don't know. A cow, I mean, like falling on them. Or they <laughs> maybe during cow tipping, you know, maybe somebody gets caught underneath. I don't know. Yeah, it just went we just went back the wrong way. Um so that was all of Billy. I mean, did you since it was since utter, utterly perfect? Since, um, since we're both so, from Texas, did you know that being bitten by the Lone Star tick can make you allergic to red meat? Well, 
No, I, I didn't, didn't know, know they had a Lone Star tick. And, and I, I think there, that would be an equivalent to the deer tick. The who? Deer tick? The deer tick. I think yeah. that's an equivalent. Yeah. Uh, just a couple more here. Did you know that the total weight of ants on Earth equals the total weight of humans on Earth? I did not know that. It says this would have happened about 2,000 years ago. So that, in other words, there's enough ants in the world that the weight of all those ants equals the weight of human beings on the earth at that time, 2000 years ago. That's a lot of ants. That's that a is. lot of ants. I don't, I don't know how you even run that calculation. Can you well, imagine ants somebody? Are actually pretty smart insects. Think about well, it. yeah, that's, they are. Um, I see. I think that might have been. We got the nostrils. Uh, <laughs> did you know that the movie King Kong saved uh, that movie studio that year? Of course, the original King Kong premiered in 1933. They were about to go bankrupt. They were on the brink of bankruptcy. And they came out with RKO? a movie. RKO Pictures. Uh, yeah. Came out with King Kong. And you know what big movie after King Kong they came out with? You've talked um, about this movie before. Um, Just for a second. The Wind? Citizen Kane. Oh, Citizen wow. Kane. Okay, yeah. Uh, that was produced or that was uh, put out by RKO Studios. But uh, not long after that one, then, of course, they've long they disappeared. But. Uh, well, that. That Citizen Kane movie is really the mo most iconic. Um, Orson Welles, you oh, know, yeah. talk, talk about a, um, a showbiz genius. And then the lady who played his first wife, Ruth Warwick, she later went on to soap opera royalty as Phoebe on All My Children. Another piece yeah. of trivia. Yeah. Well, you know, and of course, King Kong started uh, a new genre of movies, too, where they would try to create, you know, Giant ants and tarantulas and monsters. Yeah, they just, opened the well, door for monsters. Watched, just recently watched the uh, new King Kong and Godzilla. Oh, yeah. We watched uh, that a few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, Do you had, like it? Uh, mecha, mega Godzilla. Yeah, it actually wasn't bad. You know, I thought it was, it was well done. I mean, as well done as a movie like that can be. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> where, where you give uh, Godzilla and King Kong that personality. But, yeah, uh, I'm a fan of the old rubber suits, so and the and the bad, um, you know, voiceovers. Um, yeah. <laughs> just, something, oh, just something funny about that. Well, the original uh, King Kong. You think about it. I mean, it's really choppy when you look at it. Um, yeah, I like the the one that they did in uh, the '70s though with um, Jeff Bridges. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Faye Dunaway. Yeah, yep. I like that one. Yeah, that was a good yeah. one. All right, but well, that's all of those little did you know things. Well, that was entertaining, Don. Um, so we we rounded Wednesday, Wacky Wednesday off with uh, a lot of trivia, a lot of stuff to think about. <laughs> yeah, things make you go yeah. It makes you say hmm. All righty. Well, Eric, would you like to? Uh, us well, as always, um, the, the, you know, the friends who uh, 
we were fortunate enough to have join us for this this Wednesday night edition of Trice Talk. Um, thank you to BP49, to Moxie and, and Jess Duck, as well as Mr. T and No Sleep Till, the It's Doomsday podcast, Bumpy Tuna, Rawi, um, the dude Sean and Sheila, Cunnings' is Culture, Chewbacca, Chuck, Boney, and MIT14281. Um, you know, and and a few, <laughs> few other friends who were fortunate enough to join us in this live cast and you know, look, look forward to y'all coming back for the next live cast and, and checking out the other great Podbean live shows, which includes starting at 10 a.m. Eastern time. You've got the chit chat with the old man, and that'll be followed at 11:30 a.m. Eastern time by the John DeVito show. And and then on Podbean daytime, you could always be on the lookout for Milk Dog 2020 and and other great names that on an impromptu time, such as Lauren Lou and. Pink Squirrel and Lady Me and um, 7 p.m. Eastern Time you have Cummings' Culture and in prime time you have names like Chuck and Billy's Not Your Cup of Tea Chris with the Forgotten Tunes um, Torch with his Take Flight podcast um, also known as The Crow Show and um, since, since the Slightly Serious Show was you know decided to take an unplanned hiatus hopefully Slightly might be back Thursday evening with the slightly serious show on location, um, um, but it, but if but at the same time that might be subject to change without notice. But but I, um, but we'll try to keep you posted, um, and also be on the lookout for Robert to do impromptu episodes of the Mister Clean Music Show. And dur- during morning hours, you can always be on the lookout for Freedom Warrior to do his Freedom Fighter podcast and Ralph to do the Ralph William podcast, and also be on the lookout for. For Lingalonga, and then with the weekend coming up, you've got um, on Friday, of course, the Frankie's Crib, and then on uh, along with David's Mysteries of the Paranormal and the Old Man's Friday Night Music Show, along with the Turfy Show, the It's Doomsday Podcast, Captain Jimmy's Pirate Radio Podcast, and as well as the Turfy Show, and and then the Uncommon Sense Radio with Corey and Mike Tampa Bay, and and host of other good friends and um, you know, you know, and you know, we certainly appreciate each and every one of you. And now, yeah, I'm going to let Dennis Lee tell you how you can get in touch with Trice Talk and Tall Tales of the Rabbit Hole, as well as he, he'll tell you where you can find pr- previously published episodes and uh, when our ne- next live cast episodes are scheduled. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate that, Eric. Um, yeah, if you'd like to, uh, you know, tweet us, then go on to Twitter at TristalkWGMoon. If you'd get, like to uh, send us suggestions for the show or, um, you know, uh, just let us know how we're doing in general or send some pictures, but keep them clean, do that at Tristalk69PTS at gmail.com. Um, you can follow us on Facebook, and we encourage you to do that as we post some of the articles that we use on the show are there and all of the episodes are posted there as well. And that's uh, on Facebook at Tristalk. And we're also on Spotify at Tristalk and Amazon Music at Tristalk. And we are on every Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 11 p.m. Eastern with impromptu shows and mini pods um, the other day's thereafter and uh, you know donald wayne has been 
I mean, really, he's been burning it up with mini pods. And, um, you know, you got a lot of, you got to get a lot of downloads. A lot of people listening to those out of way. And very good. We appreciate that. We and, do. Um, <laughs> uh, we do. Um, we do. I'm, I'm trying to find this <laughs> song. <laughs> Where is it? <laughs> and, and, and if, if you uh, if you find the need to get explicit, as Donald Wayne was just about to, then um, <laughs> you can come over to Tall Tales in the Rabbit Hole and do that. But then no weirdos or sickos will throw you right out. Right. Uh, but there, uh, Tall Tales in the Rabbit Hole is on every Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday as well at 9.30 p.m. Eastern or thereabouts with impromptu shows and uh, musical request shows. Um in between that and look um you know we love you we appreciate you um we have a lot of fun doing this and we couldn't do it without you so thank you thank you so much yes we we really do appreciate everybody spending time with us uh every night when we do these um i don't know that i found the right one dennis lee but i guess i'm gonna have to stop on that since it's my turn um Oh, I guess it is. Yeah, it is the right one. All right. I messed up and found it anyway. Uh, the closing thought. <laughs> yeah, it happens sometimes. The closing thought for tonight is from George Carlin. And he said one time, have you ever noticed that anybody driving faster than you is a maniac and anyone driving slower than you is a moron? <laughs> I use those words. <laughs> Quite sounds often. Like, uh, sounds like something he would say. Miss that guy. I know. Oh, yeah. I'm, what 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 a talent. All righty. Well, I guess that um, I found the song, Dennis Lee. Uh, you can turn out the lights and uh, hope everybody uh, joins us tomorrow night. We got one more night before we take a, a break till Sunday on TriStop. Uh-huh. And, um, Party's or over. We'll, we'll get political. All right. Love you. God bless you. We'll see you next time, everybody. And see you around on Podbean. Stay safe, everybody.
no need for imagining this is what's happening. Second thing, second, I reckon immaculate. Sign up, I accurate. I know the strength, it don't come without strategy. I know the sweet, it don't come without properties. I know the passages come with some traffic. I start from the basement, end up in the attic. And third thing, third, whoever come without, they simply can't count. Let's get mathematic, I'm up in the school. Is you a believer? I get a unicorn out of a zebra. I wear my uniform like a tuxedo. This dragon, the whole spread, don't need a breeder. A human seed, the son of a leader. I know the blooming, don't come without rain. I know the losing, don't come without shame. I know the beauty, don't come without hate. I know that beauty, don't come without rain. I know that losing, don't come without gain. I know that beauty, don't come without. Don't come without. Hey, you me, you me, I'm a believer.